But then I said, shit, follow-up should actually be in the middle because you follow-up, have we moved from the now? Exactly. Follow-up, have you done what you promised? Right. Follow-up, do we reach our outcome? Follow-up, have you solved the problem and actually converted the problem to resources? Yes. Can you imagine going to your own and you say, my problems today, if that was true, are my future resources? How mm-hmm. would that be? And here we go when you're more flexible to find a customer to say, because these are focus points. If you focus, for instance, if I remove outcome, happen with your motivation. Because if I remove the outcome, action is not interesting mm-hmm. and you have nothing to follow up. Hey, welcome back to Stop Killing Deals. Today, I have Shell Ian Hager on the show. We're going to be talking about coaching because Shell has coached some of the biggest names we have in sports, acting, and in business. And his lectures has drawn hundreds of thousands of listeners, maybe even millions. Uh, I have attended a few training sessions with Shell, and I'm so impressed with Shell's ability to engage people and to tell stories, and especially to ask those questions that help someone get through those barriers of growth that sometimes might be so difficult to get through. All right, so welcome to the show, Shell. We're so happy to have you. Thank you very much. You know what I do, George? I just jump straight in. Or do you want to ask a question? Because I'm so prepared and so, you know. Go for it. Go for it, <laughs> You asked me before about, you know, the concept of coaching and so forth. And, and I was thinking, you know, what is the difference of leadership and coaching and, you know. And, I mean, it's so many answers. And probably if you ask whoever, they have their own sort of model in the world. Uh, over 30 years ago, I, I finished my MBA and, and uh, I had a model in my head that you always do, you know, in, in sales or, or leadership or whatever. And I don't know about you, but usually you have one vector that is called results. That is what you want to go for. And, and usually you have one vector of, of time and you're saying, which time should we reach these results? Mm-hmm. And what you actually do is that you draw an arrow that says this is success. I asked my professors, why do you draw it like this? Why, why is there in that direction and not in that direction? Why is it up and not down and so forth? This question has been with me for a long time. And I could go on hours just why you do this and how it's connected to the brain that you visually we actually see our future in that direction, not in that direction. And that means... When I work with athletes or, or CEOs in big companies, when they give presentation and I do it in my body language, I have to point to their future, which means I have to mirror myself. So when I do this, it's usually the future for the person I talk to. When I go here, it's their past. So I say, where is your future deals and your future success? I need to do it opposite, reverse from myself and point in my past yeah. in your present so therefore i jump straight in if it's that okay george go for it yeah we love I it. Go. so here i have a model and as i said i could go on ever why does it look like this and it took me maybe 30 years to think about and the last 15 years uh, i worked in korea with with leadership down there and i saw uh, some of the girls were sitting like this and talking uh-huh. and then it just hit me that's the way coaching looked like or so leadership for that matter or sales okay interesting so i draw the line like this 
Yeah. And then you may ask, okay, so if that's the way it looks like, what are the components? Uh-huh. And then you say, because here you have to dive into your own experience, but what you usually have, you always have the now. This is how it is right now. That's reality. This is my physical standards. This is my business deals right now and so yeah. forth. Uh-huh. And what happened here, George, is that usually if that was, if everybody's pleased right now, fine. But what happened is that we have a desire. We want more in the outcome. We have a goal or a vision, whatever. We want usually more of the good stuff and we want less of the bad stuff. <laughs> and, yep. and what that creates is a desire between these two. Right. And, and in uh-huh. order to close the gap, what do we do? Well, we go to action. Yep. And, and when we do action, if leadership and coaching and sales was that easy, we would probably not talk to each other right now. Mm-hmm. What usually happens, and I don't know about you, then is that we start up. And f- f- if I take Sweden as a culture, I may ask, when do the most Swedes get the, the desired outcome? It's called New Year's Eve. Right. And the more alcohol in, the more out. And here it comes out. <laughs> In yeah. sort of a dream, fantasy, whatever, or, or a wish. And maybe I say, yeah, beach 2057. And here I have seen a, a picture of myself, 57. Uh-huh. The way I want to be or look like. And with that picture in mind, I start my journey from the now and I do some action. However, some people experience that they come halfway. Then something happens. Yep. It stops the deal it stops my sort of workout to fall down by gravity in, in my opinion everything falls down with gravity even inspiration yeah. goes down yep. and i hit something called problems and what happens here i may ask you where does your mind or focus go when you don't hit your deal when you don't reach your outcome most mm-hmm. people actually correct me if i'm wrong go back and they say it was better before it was right. before when I laid on my sofa instead of running around like ding dong, or <laughs> it was better when I could eat what I wanted, or I, you know, why? Yes. This is a good question. And I saw a, a study they did, and they said actually that 90% of all your goals privately, we uh-huh. are failing. And if that's true, that we are failing 90%, my question is, why? Because usually, sometimes we know what we want, we know how to do it, but we don't do it. Or I know what I should not do, but I do it anyways. And here comes, is it the logic or is it more emotional? What is it that happens? What I heard is that, in my opinion, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, even though I know I want this with my head, Mm -hmm. it shows that this is for me, it's not about being positive or negative. I don't believe in that. Okay. I believe in, in very clear cut that these mechanisms in the brains, when we talk, talk about mental training, a mental is a survival thing. Okay. It's not about you know, succeed or not. It's a mental thing. It's a survival. And if it is survival, mm-hmm. the brains have to say, Shell, what is important for you? What is most important? Right. It's survival. How does the brain know what is most important for me? It is the thing that has, is most attached to a, a strong emotion. Uh-huh. That means that if my outcome has a stronger emotion than my past, so to speak, 
then yeah. I continue the journey. Okay. If the past has a stronger emotion attached to it, I quit. Yeah. And that means that we need new resources, both for ourselves to motivate ourselves the journey or motivate the team that I'm working with or my family or kids, whatever, uh-huh. in order to continue and go to action again. So what would be examples of resources in this um, context? In these uh, resources, that is what I come back to. I mean, what you could do is, first of all, to become very clear what, what have you attached to the outcome. And yeah. that is why you have to ask yourself, why do I want this? So you know why. Yep. And it could be that you want it because it's positive. It gives you things. Mm-hmm. Or the why gives you actually because I, I get less of the pain. Right. And I got more of pleasure because here we get back to the survival thing. And the question is, as exactly as you asked, George, how do we attach a strong emotion to the outcome? And I think that's a very individual thing. Yeah. Here we have to probe into our inner world. And that is what is called mental training, by right. the way. Yeah. If I just may use and ask some question, because uh, mainly I work with leadership and, and coaching as such, that is when you're listening to yourself, when you're coaching yourself, or you meet a customer and you want to close the deal or whatever it is, or in, 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 in sports for that matter, first of all, become clear of yourself. Do you want more of the good stuff or are you more driven to away from the bad stuff? Right. Because that gives a direction to yourself. When, how do you handle your own states here and now? Because when we are in a bad state, for instance, we are tired or sick, yeah. we are more likely to avoid pain. When we are happy, feel strong, we are more likely to go towards that we want. Okay. When we go to action, some people have procedures. In other words, they think in steps. Yeah. First we do that, then we do that. Some people don't. They go more for options. That means we could either do that or we do that. They are more flexible. Right. If your customers is procedure and you talk options, subconsciously, they're probably going to say, you don't understand me. Right. That yeah. means lingo, semantics, words are chemistry for the other person as well as for ourselves. Yeah. That means you have to listen first in coaching to say, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Where are you now? And then you close it, with, you know, so you can measure progress. Yeah. Second yeah. thing is that you can listen for what stops you. How do you stop yourself? It's an inner thing that I work with. For instance, dressage uh, horseback riders for over 20 years, the national team. How do they stop themselves? That is a, the question you asked, George, is how do you get the potential out? Exactly. You know you have this. How do you get out of yourself or your teams, for that matter, or if you have children? How do you get that? And then how do you go to action? If it doesn't work what you do, you have to go into option and say, how can I do it differently? Uh-huh. But once you find the difference, you probe into the procedure. So, you know, learning is done by steps. And then you have to follow up. Yeah. Actions is so easy to say, I do it. But when you know exactly. someone on Tuesday, two o'clock, they call you up and say, have you done it? Your ass is mine. You know, <laughs> then you follow up. And I added the N, which stands for now. You have a time when you follow up. Right. And uh, just by that, I worked in uh, 1990 
30 years ago with, with 28 girls that was supposed to be number one in the world in golf on the ladies' side. Yeah. And at that time, they were ranked number 24. Okay. And when I started to listen how they follow up each golf round, they actually created anxiety and okay. depression instead of that they sort of got pepped and stronger and fit from their follow-up. And I think that is a very key denominator how you excel in this sort of NOPRA fun model. It's an, 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 an acronym of now, outcome, problem, resources, action, and follow-up now, the NOPRA fun model. I love it. I love this model. I remember when I, I went to your training and, and you, you taught us this model. You used Swedish, so we we call it Nöra. Yeah. And uh, and you didn't have the the follow up back then when we no. did your training, but that's a that's a key component I think you've added there. Absolutely, and and I know I had I, usually it, it the first it was actually Noprafu, and I worked with a big construction company. And what I noticed in in the in the in the executive group was that they never follow up. And I yeah. said, why don't you follow up? And they said, no, because, you know, then people think we are controlling them. And I uh, said, it's not, It's depending how you follow up. Yeah. So I added a follow up and wrote it outside here, follow up. And I came to Hong Kong and worked with a big company there. And they say, why do you have follow up out here? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And the guy, young guy, he goes, you know, said, I don't know. I just wanted to ask why you had it there. And I had it in my head visually on that side. Right. But then I said, shit, follow up should actually be in the middle because you follow up. Have we moved from the now? Exactly. Follow up. Have you done what you promised? Right. Follow up. Do we reach our outcome? Follow up. Have you solved the problem and actually converted the problem to resources? Yes. Can you imagine going to your own and you say, my problems today, if that was true, are my future resources. How mm -hmm. would that be? And here we go when you're more flexible to find a customer to say, because these are focus points. Yeah. If you focus, for instance, if I remove outcome, uh -huh. happen with your motivation. Because if I remove the outcome, action is not interesting. Mm -hmm. And you have nothing to follow up. Yes. So now what you have is now problem resources and resources you hardly even need when you're right. not going to do anything. So now what is left is problem now. Yeah. That's what I think has happened in the epidemic in COVID-19. Oh, really? A no. huge problem and we have it now. And we don't know anything about the future, which mm -hmm. means we don't know what to do. We lose control and I have nothing to follow up. So I can excel and I, I don't need to, what resources do I need? I don't know because I don't know what challenged me. This is such a great model. What, what I love about it is how you draw it, right? Because usually you have the now and an, a future outcome, and then yeah. you have sort of a gap. Yeah. But like you showed us earlier, uh, you just, it was a straight arrow. Yeah. But it's never a straight arrow, right? It's going to be a lot of challenges on the way yeah. where you need to you get you get into that problem. You need to look at what what resources you have, what the outcome should be, and then you act, take action. So I really like how it's sort of looping. Yeah, and, and real life is many, 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 many. Exactly, exactly. And, and I mean, if you have teenagers at home and you have children, and they come to you and say, "I have a problem," and you immediately jump into resources. What happened to the relationship? Mm -hmm. And you say, you should do this, 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 this. And they say, you know what I wanted? Deep within, I wanted you to listen to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know 
don't want your solutions. I don't want to tell me what to do. Exactly. I want to listen to me. That means when I start to coach, it's not that this goes in order in the procedure. I usually start, you know, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Very simple question. And I go on until I can see the picture they see. Because if they say, I want to feel good, no one can see feel good. It's <laughs> a fog, you know, what the yeah. heck is feeling good? So I uh-huh. say, what does feeling good mean for you? Right. Until I can see, you know, if they say I can get the hug, I can see that. Or if they uh-huh. can say, you know, I'm hunting in the forest or I'm, you know, whatever they do. When I can see the picture, that's an outcome I can work with. Yeah. Then I can go backwards and say, what do you do today? That leads you there. Yes. What stops you? What resources do you need? How do you want me to follow up? And so forth. So this is like three arrows. It's I can measure the now to the outcome. Do you go forward or backwards? Uh-huh. I can measure your action and follow up. I follow up action and how much you can convert the problems you have today to your resources. And that means you to you. If you work individually with yourself, yeah. or if you work in a team, for that matter. So we've been talking uh, previously on this show about fear uh, and we've talked about cognitive biases, how our brain doesn't always think the way uh, we want it to think. Uh, So we make um, shortcuts sometimes that lead to poor uh, decisions. And I'm wondering, for me, coaching is really that uh, missing piece that you need as an individual to get all your resources out in order to achieve your outcomes. Because yeah. I feel that it's difficult for an individual to to coach themselves. Where do you see sort of the glass ceiling of someone coaching themselves? And when is it time to engage an external coach? Good questions. Uh, I think when you're stuck in problems and you feel I don't get anywhere, uh, mm-hmm. I think you, you need to borrow someone else's glasses, so to speak. Right. Uh, because when you see from glasses or someone is listening to you from outside, that's an external point of view. Meanwhile, usually we are so inside of ourselves. Yes. Uh, one way of, one trick of actually uh, getting outside, I was thinking of now, of yourself. Uh-huh. If I tell you a fast story, I, I have three kids and many years ago, I had imitated my father uh, in, in terms of driving a car. He usually beat records, you know. He looked at his watch, <laughs> and okay. he, off he went. And I thought that was the way you actually are driving a car. And, and uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I'm driving very fast. And my, I know my family had, or many people have commented on this, and they say you drive so fast. And and I thought actually that was a, a compliment. So I said, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I was really yeah. didn't understand anything, you know. However, at this particular moment, uh, it was the first day of my vacation uh, uh-huh. in the summer, and, and, and I had three kids in the back seat. My wife locked on the side, and we were driving. And as my father had done, I had decided measured distance, average speed, yeah. calculated it should take two hours, 10 minutes. And I love that because <laughs> if I get there in two hours, nine minutes, I break the record and I'm happy the whole summer. No one knows why, but you know, <laughs> it's called imitation or, or modeling or, or yeah. Mm-hmm. So off I went. First day, everybody on vacation, everybody's happy, came to the closest city. And on when we're driving towards the city, my oldest daughter at that time, seven years old, she Victoria, and she goes, dad, and I say, yeah. And she goes, can we have an ice cream? And I checked my watch and it was going to, you know, kill my time so I like, no you know it just came out you know very brutally 
So the atmosphere was sort of gone in the car. Okay. And no one said anything for a long time. And, and after a while, she came back with the same happy tonality. And she goes, okay, Dad, now we know we cannot have an ice cream. Uh-huh. But if we could have one, which particular type could we have? And what happened at that time is that I wished I see like a hallucination, you know, vanilla ice cream, chocolate ice cream, and I love ice cream. In the next city, I stopped and bought ice cream. And I went up to my wife and said, what does she do? She's manipulating me. <laughs> and she has done this for many years because I felt the feeling. And, and when I drove away from there, I started to think, this is a fantastic way of doing it. What is it that she's doing? And I called the concept an ice cream boomerang. What an ice cream boomerang actually stands for is the, the, the weapon the Aborigines in Australia have. You, mm-hmm. yeah. you throw it down, out in one direction, it comes back in a different. And that is how I felt it. Yeah. Uh, so this is just my made up story of this ice cream boomerang it has three components okay first one is very important you repeat exactly what someone else say your customer mm-hmm. or your wife or husband whatever or yourself because that shows that you're listening so be very attentive when someone is talking coaching is very much about repeating what people say yeah because i believe they have their answers themselves however mm-hmm. so when she says we know we cannot have an ice cream mm-hmm. She's actually coming. She's starting with the problem. Yeah. She had said to the resources and said, I want an ice cream. I should, I should just have rejected. Yeah. But she, coaching, coach means bus. That means we have a bus stop. Mm-hmm. She comes to my bus stop where the problem is. And she says, we know we cannot have an ice cream. Yeah. What do you think happens in me? I say, yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. So my guard goes down. Then she goes to step two. But if we could have an ice cream, where is she now in an opera fun model? She goes from the problem straight to the outcome. Yeah. That means children never lose sight of what they want. They are the best salespeople in the world, through, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Very irritating for parents. However, she starts by, I know we cannot have an ice cream. That is why this is red. Yeah. As soon as you say, but if, but actually removes the things that has been. And if right. is in the future, uh-huh. we could have one. Yeah. Then she asked the question and says, what type could we have? Yeah. With that question, I couldn't, we cannot resist answering questions. So coaching is very much about how you ask questions. Mm. Now she gets to me, what particular type could we have? When, when she asks that question, I start to see pictures. Yes. Very I'm beautiful. in the outcome. Uh-huh. When I start to see it, I start to feel it. And I said, yep, I stopped. <laughs> yeah. I could go on for hours, George, with this because yeah. it's a fantastic, very manipulative question. I have two stories. I could go on for 500. <laughs> I'll give you two stories. I have one lady. She went to a seminar I had in Stockholm and she, uh-huh. she wrote back to me in the, in the mail and said, thank you very much for a fantastic seminar, blah, blah, blah. I love the ice cream boomerang. I actually used it the day after. I had a, 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 a talk with my boss about my salary and I started a meeting and said, I know I cannot have this high raise in my salary, but if I could, how would you go about to doing it? And <laughs> And blah, blah, blah. And then she answered it by, thank you very much for my high salary. (laughs) 
And here yeah. you say, yeah, but you know, coaching is outside and inside. Where is the glass ceiling? And the glass ceiling here is that you can actually pop out and have external glasses on yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, many years ago, I coached a, a golfer. His name is Sir Nick Faldo. Faldo had yeah. been the best in the world in the beginning of the 90s. And uh, something happened. He didn't know what. Dropped 400, you know, down the ranking. Wow. He yeah. called me up and I went to the US and, and I came straight from the airport by a taxi. And he was staying on a driving ranch and warming up in uh-huh. just before the tournament. And what happened was that what my job is, because I'm a professional golfer uh, since many years, he knows that I'm checking what is the difference that makes the difference. And I start mm-hmm. by his posture because if the shoulders are sloping, you lose balance and okay. then you compensate with techniques. So I yeah. start with balance, his eyes, you know, pupils, everything. Uh-huh. And after a while, he says, do you see what it is? And I said, no. And he hits a couple of more and he says, do you see what it is? And I said, no. And I think he got irritated and said, don't you see what it is? And I said, no, you know, every shot, you have exactly the same angle. Everything is similar. No one better, no one worse. You better. And if I don't know, maybe he knows. Yeah. So I said, what do you think it is? And then he goes, don't you see how short I'm hitting? This is the longest course with the longest holes and I'm hitting short. Okay. If you were his coach, where would you go in an upper fund? Should I agree and say, yeah, very short. Maybe the shortest I've seen in my whole world. You won world championship in short. I can't agree. Should I disagree and say, no, I think you hit very far compared to my grandmother. I mean, I can't do that either. No. Should I use sense of humor? Should I hug him? Should I kick him? My job as a coach, Uh get him on the bus. Yeah. And get him to improve, to Mm -hmm. excel, to succeed. How do I do it? He needs glasses from outside. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Because he has been inside. If we do right. some guessing work here, he have not succeeded in four years. What has he been focusing in the not profound model? On the problems. Probably problems yeah. for a long time. Yeah. He has had the same problem for four years. Do you think he likes procedure or option? He's a very procedural person. Mm-hmm. So what is his benefit, strength, when he's succeeding is that he can do it over and over again. Yeah. But as soon as that doesn't work, then, he's, then it becomes his weakness because he right. continues to do it. Mm-hmm. So what should I do as a coach? Well, I have to kick him out of the problems, get him into what? To the resources, new action to know what he wants. Okay. What I do, I use the ice cream boomerang to repeat his problem. I start there, bus stop. I go to where he is. Uh-huh. So I say, I hear you say you yeah. hit short. Who hits mm-hmm. far? Listen now, I'm changing the words. Who? Someone else. Right. It's far. That's the outcome. So in uh-huh. one question, I move him to the resources uh-huh. and outcome. So he looks at me and says, Who hits far? And I say, Yeah. And it goes Tiger Woods. Then I say another ice cream boomerang. I know you're not Tiger Woods, but if you were, and then I go to this because he's good, how would you do it? Yeah. Then his body language responded. Father is 198. He's pretty tall. Yeah. Tiger is not that tall. He stands very rejected. Uh huh. Father slumps with his shoulders. So when I say, I know you're not Tiger Woods, but if you were, how would you hit it? That goes so fast, he doesn't have time to think. 
So he stands like this and he says, if I were Tiger Woods, if I were Tiger Woods, I would hit it like this. And he stands much more erected, much more tall. And the ball goes ah! 20 yards further. And he's looking like he couldn't believe it. And then he goes back to me and said, but that's not me. And then, <laughs> and then he started to laugh. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And he played that tournament and came in fifth place. Ooh. He had performed for four years. How did he do it? He broke the glass ceiling by asking a question. Yeah. See someone else than himself doing it in a different way, imitating that and perform as if. Mm. But how did you know that he was a, a structure guy, a process guy, and not a not a look what a, you did now? What yeah. did you do now? You do this. Yeah. When you do that, George. So procedure is this is very, very much how. Uh-huh. Options is much more why. Or you know, yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> my body language if I do this if I if you ask Michelle when did you succeed and I do uh, is that procedure or option it's option it's either yeah. this or that uh-huh. when someone is doing this I know they love procedures right particularly if they go like this yes so if I ask you what did you do this morning and you said first I did that then I did that gives you a hint right and that is even though I'm working in Hong Kong and I don't know Mandarin or Chinese or whatever mm-hmm. I study their body language. Right. Because so what I do is that I go to their bus stop. So I know you don't want to use the ice cream boomerang, but if you wanted, how would you use it? <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess also the words you use to ask those questions. Like yeah. if you ask how, I will you'll yeah. get a process answer, right? There you go. So or if they and if they don't like that, yeah. You see that because then they stop like this. Yeah. <laughs> and then you say, sorry, I mean, what possibilities do you see? What different possibilities? And then immediately they will answer. Have you have you found people, some people to be uncoachable in your career? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the girl that comes up in my mind or a lady at that time, uh, I worked as a golf professional uh, and I didn't know about coaching at that time. But she says, she started to say, Shell, you get 5,000 crowns if you can coach me or, or help me to play golf. And then I asked, uh, why do you want to play golf? Yeah. And she goes, my husband forces me to play. <laughs> I hate it. And then I said, so what do you like? And she says, I want to walk in the forest. And I say, go on. You know, don't work with me. It, it will never work if someone doesn't want to themselves. No. So I... So, Long story short, it's impossible, I think, to, to coach someone who doesn't want to because they are just going to reject the whole thing. Right. So they need to have they need to have a future outcome that is desired. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. You know, for themselves. And and the yeah. desired outcome can actually be two, as I said. It could be what do you gain by reaching? Right. And some people say, you know, and they here you have to be very specific. I find so many companies and individuals. And, and athletes, for that matter, that have outcomes they can never reach. It's like uh-huh. if someone says, I want to be financially independent, I said, how do you know? Uh-huh. And if they don't know, they're going to work you know, until they are dead because they, they, have, no, they have no closure on it. But right. if you say, I want $10 million because blah, 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 okay, then you can start to go backwards. Because if you have no end to it, you need to go backwards and say, how does it look like? 
Right. And here I actually st stole, I went through Disney seminar management and leadership and he did something called storyboarding. So when he did his cartoon movies, yeah. what he's doing actually is that he had one still picture here in the outcome, uh -huh. how the movie should finish happily yeah. ever after. And then you have one, you know, picture here where to start. Yes. Usually if you look to this mug light, I'm thinking more and more, it's like an epic thing. It's like a story because all oh, the young prince, you know, or the young guy, poor guy, he sees the princess here and he yeah. says, yeah, that is what I want. So he starts the journey mm -hmm. and lo and behold, bam, he, he, he hits a dragon that bites his ass off, you know, <laughs> yeah. he says, boy, it hurts. So what happens? He meets a Jedi or a wizard that helps him sharpen your sword. And then he meets right. the dragon again gets beaten. The mystical Jedi say, you have to look within your own, find the force. The force right. is good. <laughs> and then they start and happily after. And here yeah. we are. It's like a thing that I think we all of us go through. And, and we have to be gentle with ourselves in this sense. Yes. Now, it's a beautiful model. It's about, and I think the coach can help you, like you say, the, the external glasses there to identify where you are stuck. Because sometimes you might not know yourself. No. No. And I can give you one, one, I, I mean, I have so many models that I wanted to go through, but let's do that, you know, another time. It's, it's like, uh, I, I just wanted to say that this, if this is your brains, yeah. a study shows today that they believe that a 35 year old person, male or female for that, it doesn't matter in the Western world actually okay. live 95% in the past. Huh. That means, and 5% now and in the future. And when I draw that, I draw this, this, this is our brains, right? With the conscious yeah. and the subconscious mind. And the subconscious, they actually believe is 95%. Hmm. That means if, if the, these plus and minuses are my pros and cons in memories, so to speak, positive yeah. and negative memories. And I wake up, I, I, I eat the same breakfast, I go to my job, I have the same same rituals, routines, yeah. habits, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that means if I want a different result tomorrow than I have today, I need to implant new positive things. Mm -hmm. Because if, if, if I just make this up, 1990, as I said, when I make the, met these 28 girls that should become the best in the world in golf, yeah. and at that time they were ranked number 24 in the world, if I'm external outside and I said, you should be, and I was the coach to work with their mental side and their yeah. leadership and so forth. If, uh, if, if I standing here said, you should be the best in the world. Yeah. Is it correct to think like this? If this is their eyes, they are listening to what I'm saying. They're seeing mm -hmm. me and they do it through their own experiences. In other words, if they have looked of minuses, will they see problems with that or possibilities? Surely lots of problems. Yeah. And even if they have a lot of pluses, they're probably doubting to go from number 24 to number one. Right. That means that is why I don't believe in positive negative thinking. That's an outcome depending on what you have in your memory account. That means what would happen if I can help them, and that's the coaching part, to yeah. deposit a lot of pluses in themselves, not me, they themselves, because it's called self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And also learn how to handle the minuses. That is what mental training and, and so forth 
it's all about. So if I do this very short, because we don't have that lot of time, yeah. very short, George, what do you actually do? I, because I heard so many people say, I do mental training and so forth, uh-huh. and it doesn't work. I do visualization and so forth. And I agree, the way they do it, it will never work. Okay. Uh, for me, you need uh, these 5%, you need to deposit new pluses. And you need to learn and handle minuses. How you deposit in these 5% is actually you, you use the mechanism of training how you see things. Okay. You have two, you have many things, but this is like a handyman you have in your brains. The handyman has many issues. One of the issues and one of the, the uh, missions this function have is that we want to recognize ourselves. Yeah. However, this one is uh, regarded as very stupid. Uh-huh. It can only pick up what you have in your memory. In other words, when you're listening to me now, maybe your mind goes, have I listened to this before? Have I heard this before? Have I read this somewhere? In other words, we want to recognize. Yeah. The worst thing we have is the unknown. So we right. want to recognize things. That's yeah. that function. Yeah. That means if I have minus here, it's only going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy of minuses. Mm-hmm. And I say, that's the way I am. I knew it before. Right. <laughs> or I don't understand math. You know, I always succeed. I'm a lucky guy or lucky blah, blah. Yeah. Depending on what you have. Yes. So the question is, how do you deposit new pluses? Otherwise, the girls in the golf team would still be number 24 that they had always been. That goes back to resources, doesn't it? I mean, isn't this, if you, resources. If you're, yeah, no if you're doubting yourself, you, if you think I'm 24 and he's saying I'm going to be number one, yeah. there's a huge gap there. Yeah. So and you then have to overcome like, that by by sort of in, using inception, or is that kind of the idea? <laughs> so here you go back to the resources. Yeah. How do I do it? Well, yes. short, you use yourself. If I ask, what movie are you in right now? In your life, are you in a romantic movie or in a horror movie or are you in your documentary? Action. What is your role? Are you the, the side guy or are you the main character? Right, right. Are your lines? Do you like your lines? Who wrote them? In other words, we are like a movie. And if you are the pro- producer of the movie, you have to have two, di- uh, two roles. Mm-hmm. One I call the director. That's right. the guy or girl behind the camera. Yeah. That means when, for instance, let's say I'm going to give a presentation and I have never done that before. Yeah. And you say, Shell, can you do this presentation? I, you know, my handyman goes down. Have I done the presentation before? Right. No, here it's empty, you know, totally empty, which means it's scary for me. Yes. I'm going to see bad stuff coming up. <laughs> yeah. Here, you know. Right. Yeah. So what happens now? How can I then prepare for something that I have never done or improve something that I'm doing good, but I want to be great. Mm-hmm. I do my movie director uh, using my daydreamer. I call this daydreamer and handle okay. it. The yep. daydreamer is when I see something in my fantasy. Uh-huh. I see myself giving a presentation from the eyes of a director. That means I see it from outside. Yes. That means I, in my fantasy, see Shell giving a presentation. Then I hear Shell maybe give the presentation. When that looks the way I want to, yeah. if it comes up and people are throwing tomatoes in my movie, yeah. then I say, stop, retake. And I Cut. do it yeah. until it looks like I want. Uh-huh. Then I go to the second step. That's yeah. the actor. 
Then I move inside of the shell I have already seen from outside. Yeah. And I give the presentation I just heard. I, it doesn't have to be the every detail. It can yeah. be the outcome yeah. and some of the main steps mm. and the now. And then I go back forward again and I see myself have given the presentation. I have heard myself in certain, you know, yeah. phrases. And I had and the start, how I start. And maybe from outside, I saw myself with happy eyes. And I, when I come into myself, associative is the word for that. Through my own eyes, I feel happy eyes. And I hear myself saying these things and finish the way I want. What happens now is that I have created a fantasy plus in the map. Right. If I have done this hundreds of times, and it takes maybe just 20 seconds each time, what happens now when you say, Shell, now it's time to give you a presentation, mm -hmm. my handyman goes down and said, have I done the presentation before? Yeah. yeah. Here's yeah. a lot of pluses. Yes. And then you say, but Shell, that's made up. That's fantasy. The handyman is so stupid that he cannot, what researchers or scientists believe today, neuroscientists, is that they cannot differ reality from a fantasy yeah the memory is there it is treated as real yeah and it, that big has the likeness to become a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. this is also the, the basis of mental training for athletes that today you can use in sales or leadership or for your own private life so to speak yeah and we've heard that when you ask athletes how they prepared like in in skiing how many times they've actually gone down that skiing slope yeah. Oh, before yeah. they actually went there as the actor, so to speak. Yeah, and you can see on their body language, they do things yeah, like this. Exactly. And it's called hallucination with yeah. body language. Yeah. In other words, they have an inner picture that they dress. And the key ingredient here, once again, when we go back to the model, and you ask me, how are we going to get the more emotion to the outcome? Yeah. Uh-huh means that when we see what we want to see in the outcome as well as in the action, you actually created, and that was a neuroscientist over 35 years ago in Sweden. He said, what happens if you, for instance, break your arm? Is uh -huh. that going to create what he called a memory mark physically in the brain? Wow, yeah, interesting. And the second question he had was that if we do it mentally, I fantasize breaking my arm, is that also going to create the memory mark? And uh, lo and behold, he got yes on both. Huh. Uh, so that means you, if you fantasize giving a seminar or sales for that matter or closing a sale, but you, it doesn't, it's not enough just to see you closing it. You need to see the, the main, main step. Yeah, yeah. And then what you do, you actually created what he called a memory mark of the future. And I think that's a nice paradox, a yeah. memory of the future. Yeah, that is nice. Start with the 5% you have, you start to deposit pluses. Mm -hmm. That comes after a while a self-fulfilling prophecy. And of course, after three years, the golf girls on the Swedish ladies team became the best in the world. And I'm only telling you stories when I succeed. Okay? <laughs> of course. And you said something there. You said happy eyes. I guess that's the English translation of what we in Sweden call glimten i ögat. Yeah. Which is something I remember. You... In your eye. I mean, you have this little sparkle, right? Yeah. I remember on the, the training uh, I, I uh, took with you, you, you said that is very important to you to keep that twinkle in yeah, the eye or the... Yeah, the happy eyes, and uh, that's something I really 
think you have always had. And uh, I, every time I, I meet with you, I see you here on video, you have those twinkles in, in your eyes and that curiosity and you're always learning and you're always teaching. And I, I, Thank you I love much. it. I love you for it. Thank so you. I think we're out of time. The time. This has been awesome. We could have talked for hours. You're, you have so much uh, experience and knowledge on these topics. It's fascinating. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to, to do that? Good. I'm, I'm a super salesperson. I haven't even written it down. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. The good mail on is my name. Shell Enhager. And KJELL is pronounced Shell. I remember when I ran a Chicago Marathon, a friend of mine, he said, it's good if you have your name here and the Swedish flag because people cheering on, which they, they are fantastic and they do. But yeah. when I came running and I say, Come on, Sweden. <laughs> Sweden. I pronounce it, but that's fine. Yeah, it's hard to pronounce. This has been fantastic. And for those of you who have listened only, there was there are visuals. So Shell has been drawing on a whiteboard. So you could definitely you should definitely go look at the video version of this and you'll get even more out of it. Thank you, Shell. Have Thank a fantastic day and uh, see you soon. See you soon.